0: Welcome to the Quantum Biology Collective Podcast, where we break down the practical applications of this emerging science, starting with healthy light habits and going wherever the quantum superhighway takes us. This is your host, Executive and Life Coach Meredith Oak, with a quick reminder that podcasts are conversations, not consultations. But if you're looking for one of those, do check out our free practitioner directory at quantumbiologycollective.org so it's fairly well accepted that light affects our mental health and we know this through the decades of research that we have on seasonal affective disorder and how people are buying light boxes to try and correct that but the connection between light and mental health goes so much deeper than we even realize like it's not it's not just about that period in the winter where we get the winter blues because we haven't had enough sunlight and our overexposed to toxic light. It's actually something that's going on all the time at a really deep and profound level. And our guest today is someone who really understands that. Dr. Kelly Ritter is back on the podcast. And we got into a discussion about voltage and anxiety. And I love talking about anxiety because it's one of those Mental phenomenon that seems to affect pretty much everybody, right? From children all the way on up. And it seems to be increasing. And Kelly has a very unique take on why we're all so anxious and what we can do about it. You know, we've all heard about the mind body connection. But what I love about Kelly's work is that she operates from the quantum level. So she actually is like, well, it's all one thing. Even to say separate out mind and body might not be the most effective way to look at things. So I'm super excited to have Kelly back. Kelly has a PhD in counseling and worked in academia teaching for many years before starting up her own practice where she now mentors, coaches, and has courses that combine food, mood, mental health trauma treatment and everything through a quantum biologic perspective. Her work is always evolving and is always fascinating, and I just love talking to her. So here is Kelly. Oh, and Kelly also has a podcast called The Nourished Soul Podcast. So if you enjoy this, I really, really recommend uh, subscribing to Kelly's podcast as well. Uh, If you like this one, you'll love hers. Uh, And so without further ado, here is Dr. Kelly Ritter. Enjoy hi kelly welcome back to the quantum biology collective podcast i'm very excited to talk to you again Ah, uh,
1: thank you for having me meredith i'm always excited to talk to you so we'll see we'll see where we go
0: <laughs> all right we'll see what happens um if anyone hasn't listened to my first interview with kelly highly recommend we got into some really cool stuff and we're just sort of gonna pick it up from there um so Kelly, your background is in, is in mental health, and then you added nutrition and wellness. So you have a really very well-rounded, full approach to helping people heal. And one thing I hear you talk about a lot is this concept of voltage. Mm-hmm. So could you explain sort of to, to those of us who are not uh, <laughs> quantum biologists, could you explain what you mean by voltage and why it matters?
1: Yeah, well, I started, I'm not a quantum biologist either, but when <laughs> I started realizing all the things that I've trained in, when I tell you I've done every training you can do, all the, the trauma trainings, all the things, and they were helpful, but I always felt like I was missing something. Mm-hmm. And even with when I found nutrition, I was like, this is it. It's the gut health. We've been missing gut health. And then it still would only get people so far, definitely improving Mm-hmm. But in my own life when I started the quantum health practices and the the whole, you know, applied quantum biology, but even before that, really just with sunrise, I started yeah. realizing that if you you can do all the talk therapy, you can do all the different kinds of therapy, but if you are not working on your battery, the literal battery that is your body, if you don't have the right inputs, you are gonna be running. On a low voltage, so that's and I kept realizing that a lot of the mental health stuff that we see, particularly mm. around mood and anxiety and chronic stress and even chronic fatigue, these yeah. are signs of a low voltage that we don't have the right inputs. we have we're lost energy essentially. we're losing energy faster than we're putting it in, and you and I have had a conversation, a couple of conversations, I think about how much energy it takes to heal. And so when you're in that, you're trying all these different things to heal, and you're, Mm -hmm. you're working on your nutrition, and you're doing all the things that people tell you to do. That's great. I think that's helpful, but it is never going to fix your voltage. Well, I mean, some of it might by accident, do some, some helping of your mitochondria. But what I'm talking about is supporting the mitochondria so that we make the water and the energy but particularly that water that becomes the battery in that is your body and if it is depleted then you are going to have symptoms that's what your body is going to say to you hey i don't have the i don't have the inputs that i need you're spending more than we're making and so we are going that's what i mean by low voltage we are right. going to- symptoms. And I just never looked at anxiety that way. I looked at it as communication Mm -hmm. from the body. I got that it's, you know, stress is a natural response that we want that when we're in danger. We just don't want all that danger signaling constantly. And I had worked a lot, all these different modalities that help nourish the nervous system, but it never clicked until I Came to the Applied Quantum Biology, you know, when I started with the collective and saying, oh, it's because of this, we are electric beings. I was still, I kind of got the, everything was frequency. I'd heard that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything's energy, everything's frequency, but it all started connecting when I realized all the danger signaling and what really nourishes the nervous system is safety signaling and no matter what therapies you're doing, if you still aren't attending to your circadian rhythms and your mitochondria, you are not going to have, you're going to have low voltage. You're not going to have the right um, inputs that you need to um, function optimally. But certainly, I mean, even, even just chronic stress and chronic anxiety, it's never going to be cured completely from all those other therapies.
0: Right. <laughs> this is, no, this is so interesting because I think that's sort of one of the core principles of of applied quantum biology, right? Like if you come into this world and you're like, okay, I'm in, I'm, you know, I'm going to operate as though this is, you know, this is the way things work. Seeing the body as a battery Correct. that requires. Yeah a certain type of environment to be properly charged is kind of a core concept. So, so let's talk about that in a couple of ways. So there's so there's the the environment that we need to char- to put ourselves in to to keep that battery charged. And then there's the effects of that. So, I think it's interesting cuz yeah, we think about frequency and vibration and we tend to really put all of that onto uh our mood or our how our feelings or our thoughts and how we're doing. But if we take it into the physical for a second, it's like, no, we're talking about how much, how much of a charge we have to do stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about with frequency from a starting at the basic level. Right. Yeah?
1: Really basic. And it's so simple, but there are way you know, you think, well, it can't be, it can't be all related to that. (laughs) It's like, it really (laughs) is all related to that because it really does come back to inflammation. And if you're like, okay, well, you can do all these things to try and help your, reduce your inflammation. And yet, if you don't have the right environment, the right inputs, right, you're just going to have more lost, lost electrons, lost energy, lost energy, and not realizing what's happening because You're doing all the things, but even some of the things, you know, but some of the things actually take, are wasting more energy or taking, as opposed to actually putting more in. So you do these extreme things and you're trying to do the exercising and the cold plunging and all the cool things that all the cool kids are doing. And it's actually putting more stress, which could be good if you are actually to a place where you've nourished your nervous system, your mitochondria, your hormones are optimized. Everything's working really well. And now you're using those as tools to to help you. But
0: right. So you, to- you need like sufficient voltage for those things. Correct. To be effective. Yes. Okay. There's so many things I want to ask. Let's. I do want to start though with a quick recap. And yes, I talk about this on 90% of the podcast. We're going to talk about light and darkness for a minute. And I'm going to talk about it every time because- Until people think about light the way they think they think about drinking water or eating vegetables, yeah. Until it's until it's that common of a thought, I'm going to keep talking about it. So Kelly, like, just give us a quick recap of you know a kind of an an ideal lifestyle to support being sufficiently charged.
1: Okay, I love this subject. You know, I love the light. The light is all about. I'm all about the light. But what's really, I just want to say before we go into just sort of more of a protocol, like what's ideal Mm -hmm. in terms of by light, particularly for mental, well, for everything, but I'll just stick to my lane and, and say mental health and mood. I don't think there's anything more important in health. Like there's some other things that are important in life. But when we're talking about health, then honing, tuning in, understanding the light inside of us. We are like, I kept thinking that kind of spiritually, oh, we're light. Yeah, we're like, I did not really, it it, all of a sudden, it sort of clicked for me when I got here into applied quantum biology and got the light inside of us is influenced by the light outside of us. And so our light environment, when I asked that question on, you know, my intake and people are like, I don't know what you mean by light environment, (laughs) I mean, literally, whether you're inside or outside, what's going on with your light? And we need so light informs life, light shapes life. And we have light inside of us that our mitochondria make infrared. And there isn't anything more healing than that, I don't think, than honing that light, that uh, tuning into that and nurturing that light. Right.
0: no, that you. is a beautiful point as we're not just talking about, uh, yeah, like we're not dead zones that are just out there absorbing the light. Like we have light inside of us. Our body makes light. Our cells make light yeah. Um, and our moods and our thoughts contribute, <laughs> but all of that is happening. So it's like, how are we nourishing the inner light that already exists, that we create? It's an exchange, an exchange, not a one-way street. I love that.
1: Right. So yes. Beautiful
0: way- point, Kelly. Thank you.
1: Well, I think it's, it hit me and I'll tell you a little story in a minute because I think you'll appreciate it and other people might, but it just really hit me that that is the point is the light. And I was really focused on the light outside of me, you know, like Mm -hmm. making sure I get outside, taking breaks outside, cracking the window when you're driving, when you're at work, wherever you can get natural light, get the natural light starting with that early morning light, because it is so helpful. It's got all that red. So it's anti-inflammatory. It starts your day, all of the cascade of effects that that has in the body. So packing up the melatonin, bringing on the cortisol, like, and people think cortisol stress. I'm like, no, no, cortisol is good at the mm-hmm. right time and yeah. the right amount, because that's what gives us our get up and go, go.
0: Right,
1: Like that nice, stuff.
0: yeah, that nice, gentle cascade yeah. that's not, that's, yeah.
1: Right, but if you don't, if, so i just try to get people, I've, I, I haven't given up on the whole sunrise thing, you know, I'm mm-hmm. always talking about getting out at sunrise, but just, if you can just get natural light, whatever time you get up, go outside, get some natural light, crack a window, open a door, even if it's just for a minute. Get natural light before you you touch a screen before you'd start turning on all the lights in the house or whatever you do. Now I know a lot of people get up in the dark because they have to get up for work and it's dark. Mm-hmm. so that's where we start talking about the mitigating the blue light. but we're not just focused on just the light bulbs and just you know cracking windows you have to you start to what happens i think is that it's you your body starts to crave it you start to recognize that it's your body knows what to do with the information from the real light outside so everything starts to work better in the body hormones start to become optimized everything starts working better your mood is better digestion is better and you didn't realize that it's just from the light and then blocking the artificial blue light and staying out of that as much as you can, especially after sunset. But this is the practical stuff, is like literally being in harmony with your natural environment as much as you can, because we all still live modern day lives. So I you know, I don't yeah. want to be dogmatic about it, but I if you can get light and a little bit of food and then screens. And that alone is huge.
0: Yes. That's going to shift and give our body those replenishing signals, start our charging, start our hormones, start everything, as opposed to being in a constant state of depletion.
1: Right. And we're talking about the battery, the body, like what is the light, water, magnetism when we're talking about these things? What does the body need? What are these inputs? light is a natural light so sunlight mm-hmm. is key it's one of the oxygen sunlight and then electrons right but the light is really the the piece that i think people just don't respect or we don't i yeah. don't know we just don't i don't know we don't get it. Oh, we get it it's interesting
0: we it's been such a a block right <laughs> yeah. like you would think like when you I did a presentation recently and I put a bunch of slides of like what light bulbs looked, even in like the 90s, right? Like uh, yeah, not that 80, long 90, ago.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Like
0: light bulbs, screens, street lights, headlights on cars, like all, you know, we looked, um, you know, laptops, tablets, iPhones, all these different things. Like the light has, ch- our light environment has changed so dramatically. And it's like, I mean, there are people who are mad about it. Don't get me wrong. There's, <laughs> But but it, it, we haven't, we didn't really think about it as an input. We're just, and so it, we're still at the point, I think, when you say it to most people, it's like, oh, well, your light matters. It's like, what?
1: Right. What do you mean? <laughs> right. why, why does that matter? And so I think, you know, for me, I had, I just started with getting out around sunrise just because I had heard that that was good for you. So even if you don't understand that that's actually that the, the light has frequency, that's mm-hmm. information that's actually informing your body about what time it is and what season you're in and what, what you need to be doing, what body needs to be doing at that time, even if you don't get the science part, just try it, just, just try it. That's, yeah. you know, because feel we
0: can't recharge, we can't have sufficient voltage, right? If we're in toxic light all the time, if we don't have that natural light input, yes. it is basically impossible for our bodies t- exactly. to charge up.
1: To charge up, we're not docking, we're not docking properly, <laughs> right? Like it's like when you clean it, out yeah. the
0: goldfish bowl and you scoop out the little goldfish and it's like flopping, 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 and then you put it back in the water. It's like, ah, like those are our cells.
1: I love that metaphor. Those
0: are our cells when we're in the toxic right. light environment and we go outside and it's like,
1: oh. we're back where we, we need. Breathe. Oh, I love, love, love that. Yes, that's right. And, and I think, you know, so what does an ideal day look like? You asked me that. It's outside as much as possible, but it's also that shift in understanding that we're electrical beings yes. first. And that also, we are nature. We are a part of nature. So this whole idea that we're so separated from it. And I, I was somebody who, not that I'm a crunchy, <laughs> I'm not super outdoorsy. So if you're somebody that's like, I got to do what, um, literally just be outside. But I was also outside a lot, but not touching earth. And mm-hmm. so now, when I added the earthing practice. Of actually physically touching skin to earth, either a tree, a leaf, my feet on the ground, however I can do that. That really, I mean, I can literally feel it in my nervous system. So yeah, yeah. the light was helping a lot, um, and then adding that piece was I could just feel it almost immediately. It's virtually instantaneous that you're absorbing those electrons. So we need the, the light, the electrons, and then oxygen. So breathing through your nose like stop breathing in and out through your mouth all the time and that those three little things huge and and people just don't realize that their mood mm-hmm. and their chronic stress is because they don't they are low voltage their battery isn't
0: charged right. okay, so let's dig into that a little bit more. So okay. the <clears throat> so we're our bodies we're electrical beings you know, our, the structured water in our body is like a battery. It needs the light to charge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we don't do that, obviously we're going to experience fatigue, but let's, let's tie it to anxiety. Cause that's what you, you do that so well. And so beautifully. And I know you see people in your practice for this, right? It's like, okay, so I, okay. So I get like, if I don't have the right light, I can't charge my battery, but why is that giving me anxiety? Explain that.
1: Right. <laughs> well, I think of anxiety, there's it's not necessarily bad to have anxiousness. It would make mm-hmm. it's like stress. There's you stress as an EU stress, not like you mm-hmm. stress. Okay. So you stress is what we think of as kind of um motivating. So anxiousness can be sort of similar in terms of if you've got something really exciting going on you may feel a little anxious about that because you want it to go well and it can be motivating. And so the sensations in the body, that usually passes, that's normal, that's fine. Um, it's when, And even when we have an acute situation, mm-hmm. when our body experiences a threat, our body goes into the sympathetic state, like the body saying, oh, there's a threat, let's get ready. Well, what happens is that even if there's no real threat, if there's an imaginary threat, but also when we don't, when our bodies are not charged, we get into that chronic state of fight, flight, sympathetic stress state. And, and all of those danger signaling, all that danger signaling is going on on a cellular level. And so that's yeah. what I think is happening with chronic anxiety. It's, a, it's getting, it's you, it's almost synonymous, but it's what I would call insecure anxiety is rather than like secure anxiety where you're, right. you're able to meet it and and utilize that kind of anxiousness to kind of propel you forward, you get stuck. Yeah. So our system gets stuck in that fight or flight. And then we just have this perpetual anxiety, either some people, it's just kind of a low level And you and I've talked about this too. A lot of people aren't aware of it because they've lived with it for so long that they have no idea how anxious they actually are on a regular basis. They kind of know something doesn't feel right. They feel wired and tired, but they use a lot of substances like sugar and carbohydrates, not just drugs and alcohol, um, all kinds of caffeine to try and manage the day. And they can mm-hmm. usually, a lot of people with anxiety are ambitious. And they are tend to be a little overthinking kind of people, but they're very, they want things to go well. They want to do mm-hmm. a job at their, in their life and at home and at work. And so they're the kind of people that don't even notice Yeah, that they're anxious because I think we even tie it to the ambitiousness. Like if we weren't anxious, we maybe wouldn't be as productive uh, or as effective. So that's what I see a lot of. And it's just chronically in that fight flight, stress response. And over time, it just becomes this chronic anxiety that just becomes part of your life. And then when you reverse it, and so sometimes people start having like panic attacks or they're crashing, or mm. then they end up in depression. They have a, an episode right. of because their body like, there's
0: only so much a system can take I, before you know, it gives body, out.
1: That's right. The body says no more. I cannot, we don't have the inputs. We are exhausted. You are in danger signaling constantly. And, and so that's what, ha- and then people are like, oh, I should probably get some help. Um,
0: yeah, right. right, we got to fall um, off a cliff first. I don't know what you're talking about. That's never been me. Oh. I, know,
1: I know, so trying that's to reach often, goals, me, right? Yeah, it's before that happens. Like, that's why I created the course quantum mm-hmm. stress management. It's all it's circadian health, yes. it's mitochondria, and I also included nutrition because you know, I love that. But that's the meat mm-hmm. of the course, yeah. And I created it so that you could get through it in a day. Cause I don't, I don't do the drip thing very well. Yeah. If I have to do weeks of it. I, you know, probably fall off. So I tried to really think about what would be the most helpful and the people that I see. So if you recognize that something feels off and that you do really feel wired and tired and you are using caffeine and sugar and carbohydrates and alcohol and mm-hmm. things just to like manage or popping more Lexapro. I hear that a lot. It's like, oh, I'll just take an extra Lexapro today. And I'm like, or you could go outside. Right. <laughs> or you could put your hand on, the, on a tree and, and they would rather pop a Lexapro. Right. Um, right. But if you learn this stuff when you're not in crisis and you start practicing. So this is what happened to me, right? I've done everything. I thought I was pretty good. And then I came to quantum biology be, to try and help my son, not thinking that I needed it because I was good mostly. Yeah. Um, even though I know I've struggled with anxiety, I'm just, I'm one of those people that, well, my family, this is the joke, right? That I can make a picnic, a stressful event I'm <laughs> like that. And I have a grandmother, I had a grandmother that would, would go all the time. She'd make that weird yeah. noise. Yeah. She's so anxious
0: all yeah. the time. Like, so oh, I'm just gonna my... go out for a walk and get. A... Oh, you are really? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. What you mean. Exactly what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> all the time
1: she was so anxious. So I come by that pretty naturally, and I didn't even. So I started using all the quantum strategies that we learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I got really serious about my light environment, but blocking the blue light at night. I wasn't great about that before. I started studying right. So I got really, really clear about all those things, the most stressful time in my entire life. And I've been through some stressful stuff and I could not believe how resilient, how stress resilient Mm. I was. And you know this because I've told you, but I would wake up and I was like, I cannot believe that I'm like, woohoo to get up. I felt so clear, so grounded, so like my sleep was actually restorative. Not just, I was a hard sleeper. So I thought I was getting pretty good sleep. I didn't realize how much stress and anxiety and other stuff started coming up too. Once you start healing and your nervous system starts to feel safer and you have more safety signaling going on, then old stuff will come up. Grief, stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Also what comes up, is good so realizing how much more connected you are to your natural environment it feels like you're more for me it feels like I am more connected and aligned to my soul than ever before and that and you know I never during that time I didn't know what the day was going to look like Um, and I ended up taking a bit of a sabbatical because I never knew exactly what the day was going to Yeah. And I felt like I I had what I needed. I had the voltage to handle the things that were coming. And I'm telling you, I mean, I did, I've done EMDR, brain-based hypnotherapy. I've done all the tools, all the tapping, you know, Mm EFT, all the, you know, healed my gut for years. And never did I, and I would not have really even noticed, I don't think, if I hadn't been in the most stressful situation I've ever been in. I'm not sure I would have totally recognized how stress resilient these, these strategies help you become. And so, of course, I was like, I have to share this with people. We have to find a way for people before Hopefully, before you're in really stressful situations. But even if you're in the middle of it, if you just start practicing some of this stuff, you you're going to feel better. Yes. It's going it's going to help your nervous system and nourish your nervous system in a way that yoga never did for me. <laughs> um, yeah, as much as I love yoga, I mean, I was already a non drinking yogi, like healthy eater. Yeah. Like, come on. Non yes. like, <laughs> heres like all the things, all the things. So, right. <laughs> Did I even answer your question? I kind of went off there.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, because i I think, you know, it's so interesting to think about, okay, going outside more often and sleeping in a totally dark room mm-hmm. and like dimming the lights in the evening. Mm -hmm. is going to help me feel less anxious, right? Like it doesn't, like we're we're so compartmentalized, Mm -hmm. I think, in the way we think about things. It just seems counterintuitive, but it actually makes so much sense if all, if those practices are like, are helping ourselves, are helping us feel safe on a cellular level. That's right. Then of course the anxiety will be less. Like I, and I know what you mean, because I get anxiety now and I'm like, oh, what's that about? I'm like, Oh, yeah. Oh, I have a deadline coming up, and there's six things (laughs) I haven't done yet. Like, oh, thanks, anxiety. Like, for sure. But that chronic just living there
1: that's the difference. So, the anxiety, yeah. And then you have this different relationship with your body so that when something like an anxious feeling comes up, you're like, oh, what's the message? Like, um, is this secure anxiousness because I have things that I'm, or is this more what I would call like distress or, um, like insecure anxiety? Like it's, there's something else going on for me. Or is this low voltage? Like, do I really just need to plug my body on the earth and get outside for the light? Right. Right.
0: And then all of those, those, trauma practices you were referring to, which I have also done EMDR and the tapping, right? Those are more effective Mm -hmm. when we have sufficient voltage. Yes.
1: And you know what also I figured out, I knew that those were psychosensory tools that we had. Mm -hmm. Got it. I knew that it was helping our brain and our system. It's sending signals. I knew that it was frequency related. I didn't quite understand that it's it's chemo. I mean, it's chemical stuff that's happening. It's the electric that I think makes it work so quickly, but if Mm -hmm. you are at a low voltage state, so if you don't have the battery, isn't charged? Those are that signaling. And you and I've talked about this too. Like the signaling isn't going to move as well. It it moves pretty quickly. Um, But I think the reason that those tools are more helpful is because of the quantum Communication, that mm. quantum communication super highway. So, if that quantum communication super highway, the fascia isn't hydrated. If we're not hydrated on a cellular level, if we're depleted, then the communication there will be places that are kind of stuck, or it won't be
0: right. It's going to be smooth. patchy.
1: It's going to be patchy. That's the best
0: word, for or it. glitchy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's glitchy. because right,
1: exactly. So. You know, sometimes that tool can be really helpful, but I think it's helpful because of frequency. It's helpful right. because it is electric. It's electrical and chemical, but it's the electric that I think we tend to focus on the chemical part mm-hmm. a lot in mental
0: health.
1: Yeah, and even like metabolism, like people are getting a clue, but not enough of a clue to realize it's all about frequency. And the electric.
0: <laughs> right. And all the chemical stuff is downstream of that.
1: Downstream. Right. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: So we yeah. got to get our, we got to get our voltage.
1: Got to get our voltage.
0: <laughs> in order for any of this stuff to work.
1: Right. That's why it will be minimally, it, it might be helpful in improving some things. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to move the needle nearly as well as it would if your, if your battery was charged. And I think the people who have a lot of benefit from some of these things just sort of happen. Like they're actually barefoot a lot. They're having yes. a lot. They're into cars. Yes. Like they already have some things that are helping their battery.
0: Right. And that's why too, like looking back, yeah. Um, you can see, like, I can see times where, like, oh, I felt a little bit better as I moved out of a high rise and into a house and I was walking in the backyard and I was going outside more often. But I didn't know, right? And until we understand, then we might, we may as just as easily stop doing those things and be like, oh, I feel awful again. I don't know why. Right. It's like, understanding.
1: To that, yeah, to make that connection. And I just, I have to share this with you before mm-hmm. I forget, if you don't mind. Yeah. I- think you'll appreciate it. But um so a little context, I have always always been interested in the soul. Like where is the soul? What is the soul? That's why I created the nurse Soul podcast so we could have conversations about the soul thing. I for as long as I've ever that I can remember, I've always wanted to be aligned with what I call soul, like source or just feel like I was in alignment with my true big S self, right? I have been doing everything you can imagine since my early 20s to try and feel that alignment. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite songs of all time is Salisbury Hill by Peter Gabriel. And what I like about that song is like, I've always been into some woo stuff that you don't tell your friend. Like my friends would think I was a nut, part of that song, right? Yeah. The the part that really has always, and I sing it at the top of my lungs every time I hear it, it, the part that where he says, You can keep my things, they've come to take me home. I've always felt like, Oh, I can't wait for that day. And I'll be like, You can keep my shit, <laughs> they've come <laughs> to take me home. And I always felt like that would be, I don't know what I thought that would be like. So I'm driving a couple of days ago. I'm driving, and that song is on my playlist. And I'm listening to that song. And yes, I still listen to my playlist because. I still listen to my playlist (laughs) um, because I really love my music. So I'm listening to the song. I'm singing at the top of my lungs. And I keep thinking about the Quantum Biology Collective and how my friends would think I was a nut. My life was in a rut. But now I've got this information. I was like, oh, this is kind of a quantum-y song. And then it gets to the part that I love. And all of a sudden, I got super teary because I could feel for the first time probably ever, like, I am home. I don't, you can still keep my shit (laughs) because I am, home. like I feel so much more an alignment with who I really am. And it is all from being in harmony with my natural environment. And that's the quantum health practices. That's the only thing that's different in my life. And so I just wanted to say, if there are people listening that are like on the fence about, do I really want to go down this rabbit hole? I would say go down the rabbit hole because I don't know anything better than this. Wow. And truly the mitochondria, what came after that thought, after I got like teary and I was like, Mm -hmm. this is amazing. I have to tell Meredith when I (laughs) talked to her on Friday, I felt like we have, you know, you've lived in multiple countries, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you're in that country, you don't necessarily know the rules or like what... Yeah. Like the driving rules and the stuff yeah. and you, whoop, yeah. Right. You don't know. We have the map for health, like mitochondria. I don't care where you are and what, where I don't care where you are. You have the rules, you know, you have the playbook to live an aligned, healthy life, no matter what else is going on. And I was like, that's amazing that we have, we know how to play the game because we have rules. And I never felt like that in all of my training and mental health. I always felt like we were missing something. Yeah. The way we looked at mental health. I was like, I don't think that's what that is, but okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. All the treatment team meetings. And I was like, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. That and that makes so much sense because when we're connected to the earth, it's like we're finally allowing, on that subatomic level, be like we belong. I belong here.
1: Yeah, and I—I I am I was, a part like, of this. That's right. And I was always coming at it from more of an intellectual mind place. Yeah, and Same. and I really do. It really, and I was so close, right? Like I was into heart math and coherence. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's it. It's about coherence, but I didn't quite connect the voltage part. I didn't quite understand that we need to have our battery charged in order to fully benefit from that coherence, that, yes. that connection that we all crave. I don't know anybody that doesn't crave mm-hmm. that kind of alignment, that kind of connection. And yeah. It's not really There's, a mind yeah. thing.
0: <laughs> it's It's not no, it's not. I love the mind. I'm a super I mental do, verbal I, person, but it's I, yeah, it needs t- to know its place and not. Yeah. It's not it mm-hmm. can't always be the driver. And that's been a huge piece for me as well, right? Is like yeah, just allowing by my, my physical being to feel connected.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't think the thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are really in competition of like, which is more important, or I think obviously it all works together, but I believe that there's something beyond that, that you've got thoughts, you've got feelings, Mm -hmm. you've got behaviors, but there's some, some space, something beyond that, that is actually driving all of that. And yes, you know what I I mean. Speaking of the Heart Math Institute, their studies that have been replicated all over the world, where so they've got people all hooked up to these different monitors, and then they have images that are randomly put on the screen, and they just click a button, and then this image comes up, right? And mm-hmm. sometimes it's a bunny and it's soft and it's something happy, and sometimes it's a traumatic, like a car crash or something. The heart so, the, and then what's interesting is the heart rate variability goes down when it's going to be a scary scene. Not, not even, not, no one knows what the image is going to be. The, in, the um, So the
0: field responds before the person's even seen the image.
1: Correct. The field is responding, preparing the body. So to think that we're not in tune with that field mm-hmm. all the time So, and what happens is that the field informs, the heart gets it first. The heart responds by Mm -hmm. lowering our heart rate variable or increasing it. What (laughs) doing that, like preparing the body, then it goes to the mind, then it goes to the body. So I think a lot of like CBT and cognitive behavioral therapy has all been about the brain informing the feeling, but -hmm. there's something happening before that. Yeah. So, the field is informing the heart before the brain even gets involved and then the body responds. So the sensations in the body are, you know, and it's very quick. Mm -hmm. And we know from a quantum perspective, it's just, you know, the, the quantum communication is so fast. Yes. I think we can get bogged down on do thoughts create the feelings or the feeling there or whatever. There's a field and you are when, and I think when our batteries are charged and when we're more in tune, we sense that, and we, right? Can, right? And we're more in coherence.
0: Yeah, that was that was going to be my thought or my question, right? It's yeah. So back to to the voltage. Yeah. Back to the our theme of voltage. The yeah. the more voltage we have, the clearer our communication with that field below Mm -hmm. the level of thought. So then we don't have to work as hard to organize our thoughts. Right. And that there is a, the information bubbling up is going to be more coherent because we have better voltage because we're communicating with the field in a clearer, clearer way.
1: Yeah. And just from a really practical standpoint, people are stressed and anxious and so many people feel confused all the time. Mm-hmm. and They're confused about we live in a world where we're constantly bombarded with all kinds of influencers and information. So the confusion lifts when you are connected to you and that light and the light inside of you and you're not no longer so confused when there's coherence. You're more, yes. and I would call that the frequency of love, the frequency of healing, your incoherence with that frequency. You're not going to be so brain foggy and confused all the time. Right. right? Part of the time. yes. Like, not that way all the time, but a lot of the time. Yes. And so and it I- diminishes.
0: And then once you notice yeah, that clarity. It's like, oh, that's nice. That feels that feels a little better. Like, let's move a little more toward that, and seek out those seek out those times of day where where we don't have so many inputs, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and I think different people have different stamina for it. But I need, to, like, I need some time where I like, like the phone has to be far. Like, it has to not even be where I can see it. Cause I know there's stuff in there. (laughs) I just need that clarity and going outside brings that.
1: Yeah. And I think even though we are all a little bit different, which is really fun. And even playing with circadian rhythms and different people and seeing when eating, you know, that seems to be nuanced. Like what Mm -hmm. time of day we eat is pretty general, but the light does not seem to be nuanced.
0: Yes. That's That's interesting. Very
1: consistent. So, when we socialize and how much time we need alone and whether we eat with people or not, like all of that seems to be very nuanced and individual, but not the light,
0: yeah, we the light is light. universal, we all need the light, like a fish needs the water that's right, that's right, right, and it's interesting i was i um did an interview with someone who does human design recently oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah and and it. um yeah they they very interesting a uh, philosophy and what came out of that is i that some people their feelings inform their thoughts and some people it's more the other way around depending which of their centers are open or closed which i thought was interesting right because some people are so sure it's one or the other i'm like oh cuz it is for them for them <laughs> for them we're but saying it, but just... other for someone else the exactly. the feeling precedes yeah precedes the thought, and for some people, it's the thought that triggers the feeling, depending how they're
1: right set But up. what but what you and I have just said is there's a field that's informing the heart first anyway, so what yeah. difference does it make and yeah. if you're tapped into that, which you're already a part of that that field is already we're already yeah. a part of that. there's no you're either yeah. in tune with it, you're aware of it, and you're being informed by it consciously or unconsciously,
0: yes. 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 And the the thoughts, the feelings, the behaviors are all, yeah, those are part of our higher functions as humans, but still lower functions as divine okay. beings.
1: Right. Exactly. But, exactly. But I do like human design because I like, um, and even with circadian rhythms, I've found that there are certain people that even though I would say eat your last meal before sunset, Like you Mm -hmm. and I would be like, yes, that makes, um, there are some people that really like right around sunset. I think it has more to do with safety, the feeling Mm -hmm. of safety when the family is home and they have, um, so we work on the kind of trauma responses and the safety just to see, but I think there are some people that right around sunset seems to be a good time for them to eat. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so I try not to get too stuck on Yes. I, I'm always a real stickler about the light.
0: <laughs> yeah. Up. So yes, back to where we started. Light, 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 light. I'm not going to shut light. up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It's not everything, but it is the foundation.
1: Yeah. And I, I used to say light shapes life. I think light, water, um, magnetism, all inform and shape life, you know, but I just think the light is um, it's just so crucial. Right. Uh, And I wish more people would look at that in terms of mental health.
0: Yes, it's coming. I mean, the research is all there and that's, yeah. I mean, we talk about that every time too. Right. And like, I think that's what is challenging for people. It's like, oh, if that was true, if that was irrefutable, if there was irrefutable evidence for that, then we would know people would tell us like, well, they're not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally about- on my podcast. <laughs> well, and you, well, you and, and our- lots of podcasts now. And your podcast. Is- there's lots of places to hear about this. Yeah.
1: Which is great. And um, and you and I have had like the man on on light on our podcasts. So Dr. Um Moreed Moore- yes, Moore-Ede is super like frank about the fact that all the scientists that are studying circadian rhythms and light, they all know. But was, yep. there's, it hasn't been translated. Yes. Right. And so they've known
0: for a while, like 20 plus years. Right. Like they know that toxic light. I mean, and if you're not someone who's motivated by feeling better, then maybe be motivated by the fact that there this is a disease. quantifiable mechanism between toxic light and cancer and Alzheimer's and obesity and uh-huh. diabetes
1: and i would say thyroid too like we know we've yeah. to good evidence the blue light is creating hypothyroidism so yeah we all think and this is what's oh sorry i know we've got to probably go but people will say oh but it's my genetic like i say my i had a grandmother that was super anxious mm-hmm. all the time maybe i just it just runs in my family no i think low voltage runs in the family and i think wow. mitochondria is passed down from your, you know, we could argue whether that's mom or dad, but mostly in the research, it shows that it's on your mom's side. But whatever mitochondria you got, like you're start we can improve that. That's yes. what's amazing, is that you can even get to the point where you're making new healthy mitochondria, yes. regardless of what you were given.
0: Yeah, like, and that's oh, another thing. That. We're just starting to really wrap our heads around. It's like, okay, even if it is genetic, it's epigenetic, right? Like we Mm -hmm. Uh, our choices can change whatever is going on for the better.
1: Yes. Turn off and turn on. Yep. Those genes. So yeah, that's really exciting. But I do think people, it's it's you know, it's a process. You and I have a process. Everybody else is gonna have a process. It's um (laughs) yeah.
0: Yeah, and just like start where you are. If it's if you need trauma support, go get it. And then the trauma lifts a little and you're like, um. I have enough motivation to go outside. Now you go outside and it starts making Mm -hmm. you feel a little bit better work a little bit more on the other stuff. And yeah. And I, I love what you're saying earlier too. It's, it's a journey, right. And to remember that like sometimes taking a step in the right direction means we might have to deal with some things (laughs) that have been waiting for their moment.
1: Right. When your nervous system is like, Oh, we're safe. Hey, there's some grief you've been hanging on to yeah. for 20 years. How about we work through that? <laughs> like, what? Um, but you're more able to handle that because you've got the energy and the voltage. Your body won't yes. lie to you and your body knows like, oh, hey, we have the energy for this now. Now your mind might be like, no, we don't. No, thank you. No, <laughs> thank you.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah. I need to go read Twitter. <laughs> Exactly, that's what my mind does. It's like Let what? Numb. Your yeah. daughter's graduating high school and leaving home. Oh, what's on Twitter today? Who's mad?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and I will just report that the youngest son, the reason that I came to the Quantum Biology Collective, is doing really, really well. We still have. Oh, we Kelly. Still have- I think he's got. You yeah. know, we're all on our own journey, but it's just yeah. very exciting to see. And um, I heard him. Oh, ha- so I heard this to hear. noise. And I was like, what is that? And he was in, he was cold plunging in our pool. He was going, oh, oh, and I was, and I was like, oh, really not Wim Hof breathing, but that'll work. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, so, that's
0: great. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, we could go on for another hour about, yeah, how it affects the family and uh, all yeah. the things. I know I was at a concert, a school concert last night and I was wearing I've compromised with my children. I I wear yellow blue yellow glasses. They're like, we can't go out of public with you with those orange ones. So I wear the yellow ones and a hat.
1: <laughs> yeah, all wrapped up. I go in the orange, and everybody, I'm so many people lately, have been like groovy sun, groovy glasses. Like I think they think I don't know what they think. Um,
0: but I know, yeah who knows, (laughs) but people, I don't, yeah, they're not quite as weirded out as they used to be like, all right, whatever, everyone's doing something these days. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. Kelly, thank you so much for being here. I loved this voltage conversation. It really like, you know, it was really clarifying in a lot of ways. Oh, good. Connecting back the, the importance of voltage to our mental health and our trauma healing. And, you know, it's, it's, yeah, there's just so much in there. This extends so far out.
1: Right. Yeah. It's an exciting time.
0: It is. We are, we're, uh, we're lucky to be alive right now. There's it's, there's all the things are happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for having me. Such a pleasure. We'll do it again soon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bye Kelly. So since Kelly and I had this conversation, Kelly has released a new 21-day quantum stress reset that I just wanted to quickly tell you about. If anything resonated in this conversation, uh, the anxiety that we all feel, even if it's low level, it really, there are some simple strategies that can be addressed. And Kelly has created a very beautiful multidisciplinary approach to this with a quantum foundation. So if you listen to this and you thought, yes, I really would like some relief from this chronic anxiety that seems to come and go of its own free will and be sometimes connected to life and sometimes just shows up out of the blue. um, I recommend checking out Kelly's quantum stress management, 21 day reset. So there is a link in the show notes, um, to go to that course. And I think it could be life-changing, especially if it's, you know, you're not, you know, in the depths of despair. It's just that like kind of gnawing chronic, like, can I just, can I just feel okay for, for one day would be really nice. Right? Like, I think that a lot of, um, mental health interventions are focused on people who are in a really bad place, which is, you know, they need that and it's good. But there are a lot of us who are in an in-between place where we're not depressed, we don't have an anxiety disorder, but there really could be probably a nice improvement in our ability to feel uh, extended periods of calm or extended periods of contentment or well-being. And there are so many different ways that our environment is making that difficult. Uh, And once we know about them, we start you know, we stop feeling like it's our fault and like we're doing things wrong and like, what's wrong with us? I have this nice life. Why don't I feel better? So if that resonates, please do check out Kelly's course uh, link in the show notes. Have a wonderful week. Take care. Bye-bye. This has been the Quantum Biology Collective Podcast. To find a practitioner who practices from this point of view, visit our directory at quantumbiologycollective.org. If you are a practitioner, definitely take a look at the Applied Quantum Biology Certification, a six-week study of the science of the new human health paradigm and its practical application with your patients and clients. We also love to feature graduates of the program on this very podcast. Until next time, the QBC.